You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios, local, state, national, sometimes the international. We cover down on all the issues, and like that dude just said, solid conservative and just plain right. Well, it is it is Monday, and it's a beautiful Monday, by the way, but it is Monday, March the 6th, and Boomer's on the board. Hey, buddy. Hey. How are you? I'm I'm good. Good. Sun's shining. I'm here. I'm great. I know it. Took little man hunting this weekend. Took little man hunting this weekend. <laughs> first time hunting. Got him a got him a first got him first shooting with a firearm. That's right. But he and his little friends they were a little loud, so there was no live creature within <laughs> within six hundred <laughs> yards. I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> so we didn't get anything. Uh, that's <laughs> but okay. it was a blast. That's okay. Big doing. So. Big doings. That's, Thanks for asking. That is good. That is good. <laughs> All right. Hey, we got a great show laid on for you today. Three o'clock today. John Wall, chairman of the Alabama Republican Party, is going to be calling in. You know, our state legislature goes into session tomorrow. Uh, Governor Ivey delivers her state of the state speech tomorrow night. Thursday night, uh, the Alabama Republican Party has its uh, uh, annual spring dinner. And uh, Governor Ron DeSantis is the featured speaker that night. Uh, and so, yeah, John Wall, chairman of the Alabama Republican Party, on here to talk about stuff at 3 o'clock. Y'all stay tuned for that. And then I got a triple dipper full of more stuff. So hit it, Boomer. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know as we run today's show. Number one on the list, tuition wars. So, yeah, tuition wars. You know, right now, Biden is doing all he can to have another free giveaway opportunity where he just basically, you know, soaks up money like a sponge and squeezes it out over whoever happens to be nearby. Well, that's the student loan bailout. But but here's the issue. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing this when the real crux of the problem is more the cost of tuition? When is higher ed ever going to be held to account for the fact that the inflated market for tuition right now is part of the problem? But we're going to talk about that. Number one of the Triple Dipper, tuition wars, and the numbers are going to shock you. Uh, Number two, woke warfare. Woke warfare. Like warfare, but it's woke. So, yeah, we're going to talk about what what is happening with our U.S. military and and, and what are the actual determinations being made by the leadership of the U.S. military right now that, that just do not seem at all in line with the idea of having a military that is just purely designed to win wars and vanquish enemies. Well, we're going to talk about it. Woke warfare, number two on the Triple Dipper. And then number three, policy versus reality. You know what's amazing is when you see ridiculous policies being put in place and then the results come and they act surprised. And you got to look at it and go, hmm, why exactly did Lori Lightfoot get voted out? And then why exactly is Walmart abandoning uh, Portland? So, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Policy versus reality, and that's number three on the Triple Dipper. All right, let me shift gears over here to my, my comments for the day to kick off the week. Um, so, yeah, I was talking to a friend last night. We were reminiscing about the great blizzard of 1993. I'm sure some of you remember it. It was a true blizzard, man. It it locked down much of the southeastern United States. 
here in North Alabama, we had anywhere from two to three feet of snow. And it's still, it's still billed right now in the annals of weather history as the 93 Superstorm. Even the panhandle of Florida had four inches of snow. Near up Mount LeConte, Tennessee, they recorded 56 inches of snow. In all, the storm has attributed to over 300 deaths and $5.5 billion in damages. So my friend and I were comparing notes about where we were and how it went for us in the storm, and his story was pretty amazing, as he and his family lived right on top of a mountain in northeast Alabama. In a regular neighborhood, but there they were on top of a mountain. And his oldest son was just two, and his wife was nearly nine months pregnant with their next child. And then the power went out, and it stayed out for days. And the family hunkered down in the den for days, burning through their firewood, putting their perishable food out in the snow since their refrigerator was out. All the roads leading up to the mountain to their home were blocked by fallen trees and iced over roads. But the crazy thing was, he said their phone lines never went out. So over time, as he could reach out, he began to understand that people in the neighborhoods below his were living life with electricity. But he couldn't get off the mountain. And then his wife began to experience some complications with the pregnancy. And so he called their doc at his home, who told him, I don't know how you're going to manage it, but you need to get off that mountain so I can see her. So they literally loaded up a backpack with essentials, and with his two-year-old sitting on his shoulders and his incredibly pregnant wife, they walked a mile and a half down the mountain, climbing over downed trees, and made their way to the world of electricity. He said he will never forget that when they made it down, that a friend was there to pick them up, and that the friend got them loaded in the car and then asked, do they want to stop by Hardy's and get a biscuit? Get a biscuit? They hadn't eaten much in days. They ran out of firewood. They walked pregnant off the mountain in snow and ice, and the people down below were eating Hardy's biscuits? He said that biscuit was good, but it was almost surreal to eat it, knowing that just hours before, they were questioning their own safety. They went from having what some would call a third-world problem to a first-world problem. Which biscuit do you want? From having the discussion about what they could possibly eat to having to decide whatever they wanted to eat from a fast-food menu. First-world problems, when you get down to it, are really not problems at all. So late in the same evening, we were having another conversation, myself and this friend who had been in the blizzard and several others, and we were talking about the inexplicable trends that we're all witnessing right now with kids in schools and the constant haranguing of gender identities, even to the extent of kids who haven't even reached puberty yet, demanding they be recognized for whatever identity they've chosen for themselves that day. One parent in the room expressed dismay that a child with whom they are familiar is in a school that has allowed litter boxes in the restroom because a few students have chosen to, quote, identify as animals. Furries, they're called. Another woman talked about the members of her daughter's high school cheerleading squad who have decided to announce to their peers that they are now non-binary. Another woman in the conversation teaches fifth grade, fifth grade, and told how distressed she was that children in her class have announced their preferred pronouns. Fifth graders, who can't even make legal decisions, are telling their teacher how to identify them. I'm going to tell you very clearly that, in my opinion, the society that can spend time debating whether multiple genders or kids becoming house cats or fifth graders being offended when they're misgendered, the society that has those matters as prominent problems is a society that is actually very blessed. What? Blessed? Yes, blessed. But not in the affirming of those issues as real or important kind of blessed. I'm saying that any such society, which means the 2023 United States, is a society that must have so, so, so much that it can only be said to have first-world problems. Because you see, in the third world, they're not spending much time on selecting their next favorite made-up genders. They are instead trying to put food on the table. 
In the third world, children are not demanding that adults join them in the fantasy of pretending that boys can be girls, or better yet, that people can be animals, because in the third world, they're more focused on children working in the fields or trying to actually learn to read. See, in the first world, we worry about things like getting a bad haircut or whether or not our phone batteries are going to die or slow internet access or whether our TV remote quits working or if the milk is still fresh. I would submit that those are not really problems so much as they are just annoyances. They are clear indications that we are a society much removed from true problems encountered on a cultural scale. Do we have issues? Sure. Do we have personal crises? Absolutely. But as a nation, as a full culture, we do not have the same problem that we see in other nations, even, even right here in our own hemisphere. Ask yourself this. Ask yourself, when's the last time you heard about the president of Mexico proposing new laws related to the equity of ensuring that the LGBTQIA blah, 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 blah community is hired to break more glass ceilings? Ask yourself, when's the last time you recall the president of Colombia recruiting for his military by running a commercial that touts Susie with two mommies finding her dream of diversity in the Colombian army? Or ask yourself this one, when is the last time you recall hearing that children in Niger, Africa, were able to form a populist movement to prevent being misgendered by their adult teachers or choosing to identify as a water buffalo, and therefore they're in need of alternative restroom facilities? Well, you haven't heard of any of these. You hear of them here in the U.S. because this is a first world, and we are largely spoiled when you think about it. And our society has forgotten that what is important, what is an actual need, is not the same as an actual want. That real injuries to life, limb, and property are more important than perceived injuries to your feelings or emotions over the prurient and uncomfortable desire to be something that you're not. In the end, I will say that if you agree that these are first world problems, that it doesn't do away with the squeaky wheels demanding to be greased, they're going to keep on trying. Those first world sycophants and social media influencers are still going to try to convince children and adults with childlike emotions that they can choose to be that which science defies them to be. And our job is not to condemn, but then neither are required to condone. Much like my friend who was stuck up on the mountain during the blizzard, we need to remind the pretenders, the furries, and the activists that they need to come down off that frozen mountain they've created for themselves and realize there's a world of real problems out there that might need their attention. And that's a wrap for the Right Side Way. Yeah, first world problems, man. I'm going to tell you, first world problems, that's, that's where we are. We live in a first world. The third world doesn't have, any kind of, doesn't have any kind of, you know, indication that the things that we're debating here even matter. You see, first world problems are really more annoyances. And maybe we ought to get back to deciding what's actually a real problem. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. We will be right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. 
Covering all of North Alabama, solid conservative and just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. Uh, we were sitting here uh, shooting the breeze during the break, and uh, and I was I was pointing out that you know that conversation that I mentioned a moment ago in my monologue, uh, talking about you know people saying you know, and I'm a fifth grade teacher, and I got these things happening. I will say this: that fifth grade teacher, um, she she literally. In a loving way, by the way, and and and, and, I, and that's that's a thing. There's a fine line between, you know, d- you know, blasting someone and and just saying no. I mean, you're allowed to say no when when culture demands that you take a turn. You're allowed to say no. No, I'm not going to do that. How you do it matters. But this teacher who loves her kids, these fifth grade kids, told them, "No, I'm not going to be changing your pronouns. We're not doing that. Not in my classroom." And then she got a little bit of blowback from the central office, and um, but she stood her ground, and everything's been fine. So I I will, I will say this, uh, and I and I I affirmed her, and I told her I said you did exactly the right thing. And and here's the other thing I said this the other day on the show, when that happens, when that teacher in love and common sense looks at a child and says, no, actually you're not a cat, and we're not going to play like you are. So stop pretending and let's get back to class. And I love you just the way you are. Let's move on. And when, when, when they do that, if they get in trouble for it, which just boggles my mind, to be honest with you, when that happens, we got to get their back, man. We do. We cannot be the community that says, well, make sure we say no to that. And then when someone actually says no to that, you know, play me the crickets, boomer. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not what you need to have. So boomer and I were just talking about it too, that, um, a school that he and I are both uh, very familiar with, a Christian school, actually, uh, allegedly has some cheerleaders that are, um, you know, claiming to be non-binary or gay. And and and, uh, and, and so I, I look at that and think, you know what, the, 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 at least, though, they're in a place. Because what did you say, Boomer, during the show, during the break, you said something like uh, you'd like to think they're, that's not going to be the environment you're sending your kids to? Right. You you would like to think that would be an environment. You're, you're, you're basically keeping your children safe. Yeah, in that environment, making a choice for them for an environment that's more insulated. Right. Yeah, I, I I get that, and and but at the same time, it doesn't mean that the world doesn't chase you to those places sometimes. And mm-hmm. and, and but but I think the the difference though is at the very least the parents have made a choice to at least be in a place where it's not the official position. Like sometimes you're seeing school systems where it becomes the official position that you will recognize the 11 year old has a right to a pronoun that does not match the reality. Mm. Um, but at the very least that school, uh, that we're, you know, that we're both familiar with, um, that's not the official policy there. Yeah. Uh, so, and it never will be. Um, yeah, but that, that's all, that's all going on around us right now. So here's the other thing too. I, I really think it's important. Uh, and I say this, you know, when we talk on this show that I want to, I want to do more than just tell you what the problems are. I want to tell you what I think is a possible solution. One of the possible solutions of course is, like I said a moment ago, say no. You know, we're not going down that road. No, I'm sorry. No, uh, little Johnny, little Susie, your name is little Johnny or little Susie, and you're a boy and you're a girl, and that's that's reality. You're misgendering me. You're dead naming me. No, I'm actually not. I'm loving you. I'm telling you that you're awesome the way God made you. I don't feel the need to help you perpetrate the idea that you're a mistake because I don't believe God makes mistakes. I mean, picture this sample conversation. You're talking to a 14-year-old who's troubled, and they want to tell you that today 
Uh, even though they've been a guy for 14 years, they are now a girl, and they want you to change their name and use a different uh, pronoun. Tell them, you know, I understand that you think that you want to go down that road, but I'm not going there with you. What do you mean? You're going to dead name me. You're going you're gonna to make me feel less important. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna demean me. No, actually, I'm not. I'm affirming you. I think you were born awesome. I think you were born perfect. I think you were born the way you're supposed to be. And for you to try and say that you're not is like you saying you're a mistake. So I'm telling you, I don't agree with you. I don't agree you're a mistake. And I think that's the thing that we have to do is we have to, we have to remind ourselves that when we tell a kid no on something like that, that we can at the same time tell them that the reason why we're saying no is that not only do we not agree with that, but that we also don't agree that they're a mistake, that we, we believe that they were right to begin with. And for them to say that they need to be recognized different is like them saying, and I'm a mistake, therefore I'll always be a victim. So don't do it. Don't go down that road. And then the next piece is, folks, I'm telling you right now, when a right-side ruffian out there says, you know what, I love those kids, and I'm not going to call my nephew that, or I'm not going to call my students that, or I'm not going to go down that road despite what the school board may say, or I'm not doing that ever when it comes to, you know, those people that, that, that attend the, the YMCA where I teach gymnastics to kids or whatever. Then when, when someone takes that stand and says, I affirm that child for who they are and not for who they want to pretend they are, then we have got to be willing to stand next to them when they get called on the carpet for it, because they will. There are some places where it's still cool, most places actually, where it's still cool to, to say no to that. But in some places right now where people's jobs can be called on the carpet because they dare to misgender an 11-year-old, we have got to be willing as a community to go stand beside them and say, stop the madness. We're not doing this. This is not our society. And, and that's, that's too often, too often the silent majority stays silent at the risk of becoming the minority. Woo, write that down, Boomer. Um, and that's, that's, we cannot do it, y'all. We cannot. Man, the phone lines or the text lines have lit up on this one, uh, so I will I will get back to those when we get back from the break. We're also going to be diving right into the first part of the Triple Dipper when I get back, tuition wars. What the heck, man? So Biden wants to pay off student loans. Is that really the problem? Don't think so. Y'all stay tuned. We'll talk about it. Tuition wars, number one of the Triple Dipper. We'll be right back. 